Welcome to Pints and Politics. I'm your host, Dan Parsons. Hey, this is episode number 50 of the fast-paced, never-know-what-to-expect edition of uh, Pints and Politics. And every episode, uh, we invite the policymakers, thought leaders, and really the difference makers in Nebraska. And I'm, uh, th- and we do that while enjoying a Nebraska craft beer. Uh, really, the only way politics and important issues ought to be discussed. Yes, correct. So let me uh, welcome back to Pints and Politics two of our favorite guests, two of the most highest rated uh, watch and listen guests that we've had. Oh, that's flattering. Uh, over Thank you. 50 episodes. That's nice. So uh, Lynn McNally is Executive Vice President of Nebraska Horsemen's Association. CEO. They changed my title. CEO. You got a uh, Did you I get a promotion. raise? Yes, I did. I nice. Well, you deserve that. Why? Why? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> you're one of the hardest working people I know. The only person that works harder than you is not Lance Morgan. Because... <laughs> Because Lance, I get tired easy. Yeah. Anyway, Lynn, yeah. welcome back to the show. Thank you so, so much. Really here. appreciate it. Really yeah. appreciate yeah. it. And Lance Morgan, uh, as our viewers and listeners know, is president and chief executive officer of Ho Chunk Inc. Lance, thanks for. Oh, I'm I'm glad to be here. I, I, I was joking about her being the CEO. Obviously, if you take the Horseman Association and turn it into a casino powerhouse. I think a title change is probably in order. I think that's appropriate. I've been trying to change my title to Chief EO, but it hasn't caught on at the tribe yet. Oh, God. Well, don't give up on that. So uh, we talked about this a moment ago. So uh, literally some of the highest rated uh, podcasts that we've had, episode number 26 back in January of 2020 is when you guys launched the campaign for gambling uh, in Nebraska. Very first thing we did was your show. Yeah, and that worked out really well. And we loved Lance so much, we invited him back the next month, uh, and we did uh, episode 27, just about you and Ho-Chunk, and that was a lot of fun. And then just a year ago, you came back and gave us an update. Uh, That was episode 39, if you're following along on your bingo cards, Uh, and that was just July of 21. So now we're back to give a really exciting update of what's going on. But before we do that, kids, uh, let's crack a beer open and and, uh, and do that. So I've chosen today uh, from our friends at Cosmic Eye, uh, Sam and the guys guys and girls at Cosmic Eye uh, are some of the most creative marketing people I know. So this beer is called Floyd Wants to Party. Okay. It's a summer lager and it's easy drinking uh, light and crisp and robust with a uh, flavor of raspberry. Very nice. I, I full disclosure, I, I tried one before we came on the air. Are they in Lincoln? Yeah. Cosmic Eye Sam and his wife. It's a family operation. Uh, they do some great things. You Wait. know what I just listened to yesterday? As a matter of fact, I'm behind is your episode with Paul Hamill yes. and Aaron Sanders. And he had one that was a friend of his. He brought right? beer, yeah. Yeah, he brought one. So cheers, my friends. Thanks cheers. for being here. Thank you. Well, we've been on a quest and you've been helping us. Our campaign with the casinos was keep the money in Nebraska. And we've been trying to find the best Nebraska beer to have in the casinos. Yeah. And um, I think it's been a little, I've been using that excuse a little too often, but you know, we've been trying a lot of different Well, players. Lance, whatever I can do, we can just keep uh, keep it going. We, we should do, we, our next episode, we should do it at the casino. We should. Can it's, we do um, that? 
We could absolutely do that. It's we want to do as many Nebraska-based businesses and products as possible. We're trying to do business with Nebraska companies whenever yeah. we can. So, okay, so give a little recap of how we got here, if you don't mind, yeah. uh, of how, uh, like we said, back in 20, uh, there was an election here in Nebraska, uh, and Nebraskans overwhelmingly approved Casino Gamble. I think just as a general rule for this episode, um, since Lance has the better voice, he should be. I had a stroke on April 27th, so my vocal cords are paralyzed, which is why I don't sound my best. Wow. So is that what happened? That is what happened, and you know that. So, <laughs> well, I'm ahead. I'm so thankful because between the two, between your health and both of your schedules, yeah, I'm just yeah. so thankful that you found time. To well, do we this. always make time. Yeah. Always. So, so somehow I doubt that that's going to work out where she doesn't say anything. But <laughs> I would appreciate a, a, a nod here and there if I say something good. Yeah. <laughs> we did a joint interview yesterday that I thought I was just doing the next thing you know, she's doing it all. Hey, it's a team effort. <laughs> yeah, it's always a team but, effort. Uh, so uh, approval and now you've been going through the process. Yeah. So, and, uh, but. Well, okay, so a recap, we had the, we had the signatures. We got those during COVID. That was a real challenge. We then got, we had to sue the Secretary of State and that was, a little scary, but we won at the Nebraska Supreme Court four to three, sort of, uh, you know, got to keep my job. So that was nice. And then uh, we fought the campaign. We won. We got 69% on, on one of them. Amazing. My, right after the election, I, I don't know if I said this before on here, but I said if Obama was running against Osama in Nebraska, he couldn't get 69%. Nope. So the people have spoken. And so I think that that caused some of the political people who, who aren't necessarily been supportive of gaming to at least become neutral and we were able to get some laws in place and the regulations in place and the governor was kind enough to get those executed yeah. very in, quickly in yeah. may after some laws were put in place there was a law that sort of limited the scope of the expansion a little bit or put tap the brakes on it which probably makes some sense and then um and uh since then we've we've submitted our license and uh we've we've just broke ground on you the did just just uh, yesterday just yesterday, uh, this episode will air in a, in a few days. So uh, you just broke ground for the first casino to be built uh, uh, right here in Lincoln, Nebraska? Yes, yes. Uh, how exciting. And, and uh, so talk about that process of, well, well, first of all, let me back up if I may. Uh, so in addition to Lincoln, tell me the other locations where there will be for, for Ho-Chunk to build a casino. Well. We own the track, Ho-Chunk Inc. owns the track in South Sioux City, and, and we're partnered with the Horsemen, and they own the track in Omaha and Lincoln. And then there's a track in Columbus and Grand Island and Hastings, and so they all can do one also. And we're focused on Lincoln and Omaha first, and sure. then we're gonna do South Sioux. And uh, I'm not sure of the timing of, of the other three. Sure. That's not, I've got problems, I got my own problems yeah. building three yeah, already. One thing at a time. Let's build yeah. them one at and, a time. Yeah. And with Lincoln, I think with both Omaha and Lincoln, um, just so people understand, we're gonna do temporary facilities. Lincoln already is a nice facility and we're gonna turn that into a small casino and then basically build around it. Okay. Build a $300 yes. million dollar casino around it. $300 million dollar <coughs> casino yes. around the existing facility. Yes. But having a temporary one helps us get started and you know, it helps pay for the you know, 300 sure. million maybe. And then in Omaha, we're gonna, we're gonna break ground here in a few weeks and it's going to take a little longer to do the temporary one because they already have a large facility and what we're going to do is essentially f finish 
um, to, to the extent to a really high level the existing building and then build around that the, the newer amenities for it and so next spring hopefully the temporary one in Omaha will work and about 18 to 20 months from now both will be open and and the last time I was on here I said it was gonna be a 500 million dollar project I don't know if you went to the gas station <laughs> but it's now I, 600 million <laughs> I, I, I did notice that there's a little bit of a bump up yeah. So, yeah so between the two facilities you'll spend 600 million dollars yeah. through the yes. Lincoln and Omaha yeah so that the number keeps going up and the jobs though are going to be right around 2,000 total 900 wow. Lincoln, a little bit more in yeah. Omaha wow. so everything we said on here before about bringing the money back to Nebraska yep. creating the jobs and and the tax money is going to be about a hundred million dollars to the to the state and and when we pass the law, the money just doesn't just go to the state. 25% of the tax money goes to the community or the county where it's located. And so we'll be one of the largest taxpayers, not just to the state, but in Omaha and Lincoln also. We you know, think it, in Lincoln, for example, it'll be about $6 million a year just to the city of Lincoln. Wow. That's a pretty uh, significant uh, injection of funds into the you know the I, went to, I went to the University of Nebraska and I have an unusual amount of parking tickets and I kind of want to get a I feel like I want a refund <laughs> they're from the 80s uh, well I, I bet somebody could figure that out yeah. so uh, I, I suspect they will um, so that's that's fascinating because as probably our viewers and listeners know who have followed politics in Nebraska there was a pretty good opposition for years and years and years to expanding gambling in this state. Well, it's like a lot of issues, I think, not just in Nebraska, but nationwide. There's a popular vote in favor of something, but the actual legislators don't want it. They're a little slow to catch right. up. Right. Well, it's, it's it, you know, if you're a, a Republican legislature in a rural area, you know, you're not, it's, it's risky to do that. You know, the, the places where we had the, just the 50% vote were rural areas out west and they didn't see the benefit of it. And so maybe it's a little bit more of a social issue or even a moral issue in some ways. And so it doesn't really pay to be aggressive on gaming if you're a politician, even if you really support it. And, um, but I think what happened was so many people in Omaha Lincoln and Lincoln could just see the casinos or go there and all the money had been going over for so long and Nebraska is a practical, logical yeah. state yeah. and they said look we, we might as well it's here we might as well keep the jobs here and that's why you know we did a study afterwards and we did polling before and it wasn't a Republican or Democrat issue no you know it was you know our support was about the same whether you're a Republican or a Democrat it was it was really more of an economic reality issue and even people who were sort of morally opposed to gaming even voted for it sometimes because they said well it's already here we should keep that revenue and, and, and the money here. So a lot of people who are against it voted for it even. So it's a very strange dynamic. Well, it, it, credit to the organization, credit to the leadership of the organization to paint, because these things don't, don't just happen. You know my background in politics. You, you, you have to give a message, you have to give a cause, and uh, you know uh, people responded. Well, a lot of people don't know this, but um, Blue Earth Marketing is a division of Ho-Chunk, and really the, the people that came up with the entire campaign message that was successful were Drew Niehaus, who's the head of Blue Earth, and Lance. 
Drew and Lance put the message together, worked on it every single day, and I mean, we talked. We didn't every always day. agree on how to. We didn't it. always agree. That's true. The, Mostly, are, it was spending money. Yeah, yeah. That was. I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I look back. We made a lot of right decisions, but there's this joke internally. I kept saying, "You need to watch the movie Brexit," because I was stealing all my ideas from this really obscure movie about how it was on uh, HBO about how they manipulated the 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 sort of population in Britain, and, and they kept doing these buses with all this money, and so I was stealing all of these ideas from a TV show, but I looked like a like I knew what I was like doing. Like a genius, <laughs> Parker. And the funny thing was, he would do this really low-key, Lynn, you should really watch Brexit. And so, I don't know, it was maybe four or five months after the campaign was over. I didn't have anything to do at night, so I thought, I'm going to stop him from telling me this. I'm going to finally Just, watch it. It was amazing. You see the damn I, thing, yeah. So I called him and I said, why weren't you more forceful about telling me to watch this? I told you. Well, it made me look less like a campaign <laughs> guru and more like a guy who was just taking notes watching well, HBO. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, Lance. You're a humble guy, uh, and that's fascinating. So let's let's talk a little bit about just the logistics and maybe the reality of of Lincoln uh, gaining this incredible economic development. Uh, project and so here's here let me just say yeah, something. so you know I was on a board that helped Nebraska recruit businesses into, yeah. into the state and and I live on the border with Iowa and I'm the chair I was the chair of their Chamber of Commerce in the Siouxland area which is Iowa sure. South Dakota Nebraska and Iowa spends huge amounts of money to attract companies Nebraska doesn't quite do as much they but they do plenty of incentives this didn't take any incentives whatsoever so we've created an entire industry that's going to have hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. It's going to have thousands of employees. And then we're reviving a, 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 the horse racing horse industry racing. on top of yes. it. And we didn't get a penny of incentives uh, from Nebraska to do that. Right. And so um, I don't think I'm going to get any medal for that because we're doing it for our own reasons. But but sure. I, but it's interesting yeah. because if it was uh, Google trying to put a call or some sort of like, you know, a tech center or a data center in, we'd have given them all kinds of money. Yeah. And instead, we're going to have real economic activity. And a lot of it's going to be centered in Lincoln. And Lincoln is really going to be the crown jewel. Yes. Omaha is a little bit of a tight a tight land area and it's a competitive market. Whereas Lincoln, there's no competition and everybody likes to come to Lincoln. You know, from all around the state, all and so it's going to. So we're going all in. Man, just imagine uh, those football Saturdays. I know. The, the I've horse, been mad, I've been imagining it. Trust me. <laughs> I bet you have. The horseman-owned <laughs> properties in Lincoln and Omaha. So we have Lincoln Racecourse down here, and then we've got Horseman's Park in Omaha. We're really attached to Omaha. It was the first property we owned. It was the one we opened when Exarbon closed. Sure. And it's close to our heart. But Lincoln is really, really, really where we're so proud of it. We can't wait for it to open. It's going to be the racing center of Nebraska. That's so cool. We're acquiring 155 acres next door to us, and we're going to make it the place to race in the state of Nebraska for the majority of the year. Not to mention the fact that Lance is building the nicest casino that will exist in the state in of the Nebraska state. in Lincoln. Wow. Five story hotel. It's going to have a state-of-the-art everything the steakhouse is gonna be really fancy it's gonna be the place to go I'm just so excited That's... I can't wait for Lincoln to open in particular and one of the things about it I think people because horse racing is is sort of was sort of you know it was too slow for the modern era but we've noticed that young people are really into it yeah. because it's just different 
you know, and it's not digital, it's real. And so and you can go and be seen and it's a day outing. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of casinos have sort of they've done what they can to hurt horse racing. But we have a deal. They're the landowners and and we pay them rent, you know, the as, horse. To, yeah, to manage the casino. We manage the casino and that we pay them rent and then they take their rent money and they go run races and they bring in thousands of people a day to the casino. So we have a we really have a strong uh, partnership where it's sort of a win win. And I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a very unique experience. Not just casino entertainment, but you can go outside. You know, there's no clocks inside a casino if you've been to Vegas. You know, but here you can go outside. You can watch the race. And I think it's gonna be more of an event, event place than anything. It, it, it must be fascinating for the horse racing industry around the country. And I'm. I must admit, I'm. I'm a fan, but I. It's, I'm not a. It's. It's U.S. news in racing. Yeah. That it's national news. It's one of the best, most exciting things to happen in racing in the United States in a very long time. The hotel, for example, the architect that Lance hired made it so that every south-facing room in the hotel, you can watch the races at the finish line from your room. Wow, cool. So they really centered it around racing. It wasn't an afterthought. And most of my board members are third, fourth, fifth generation horsemen. It just must be fascinating, Lynn, for you to see this progression because it's been a struggling industry, a dying industry, right? They, you know, yesterday the majority of my board was there for the for the groundbreaking, and they were very emotional about yeah. yesterday. Yeah, um, it's been a very very long time coming, and they've seen gaming in other states happen that actually ended up closing tracks, and so, you know, just because the initiatives passed didn't necessarily mean anything to them. Uh, the Woodlands is an example. The Woodlands is a track in Kansas City where everybody went when they were done racing in Nebraska. They passed casino gaming, oh, it was when I was at the lottery still, it would have been in the 90s. Hmm. The tax rate was 70%. That actually accomplished the goal, I guess, of closing that racetrack. Shutting them down. Because the tax rate was so high, it never happened. And so, bizarrely, when these initiatives passed, my board didn't really celebrate. Sure. Because they, they were said, skeptical. Hey, yeah. we're a long way from seeing one penny of this. But now they can begin Yesterday to see Yesterday was real. That's, Yesterday that's, was real. Congratulations. You know, I'd like that's to really add cool. something small. From, so it's it's sort of an interesting news story that Nebraska is making a comeback on, on horse yeah. racing. But in my world, in the tribal world, you know, tribes are pretty much relegated to the reservations for economic development or gaming. And, the tribes in Nebraska are very rural, and so there's not much opportunity there at all. Even if we could do casinos there, uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't amount to much. And the fact that we're doing it off reservation, and the fact that we were involved in to change the constitution, and are somehow building these casinos in Omaha and Lincoln, it really weirds out the other tribal people. I mean, they said, "How did you do that?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> He's big news. In, in, so, it, in so it's very world. weird for our world too. Yeah, it's unusual. Like people are, are the tribal entities around the country are watching it, thinking, "Well, if, if they can do this, maybe we can do to it, so, do it too." So, because their tribal corporations around the country are huge now, and so I think this is really one of the first times something like this has happened. And so it's very fascinating in my world too to see this play out. So here's a question: As we uh, think about people coming to Lincoln, uh, the horse racing fans, that industry being rejuvenated, what about just the people who um, maybe are going someplace else to gamble? What are some of the opportunities? Because there's going to be obviously other 
gambling opportunities other than horse racing. Describe that a little bit about uh, for the first phase and then what we'll get uh, with the full uh, phase. Well, we've had a lot of questions about sports gaming, for example. Yeah. Do you want to address well, that? Well, first, I think it's going to be just like a casino you'd see everywhere else. All the, the table games, the slot machines, the entertainment that goes with that. And then when we did this, sports betting wasn't legal in the United States. And then it became legal while this was going on. Right. But, but okay, I'll let you finish, but we don't have sports betting in Nebraska, right? We can, though. We can. So it, it is possible. They, they have to put in place the regulations for it. And I don't. I think that the, the Gaming Commission, the regulatory body, has done a great job getting us this far this fast. Yes. And I think that to get these open and to start up a whole other industry on top of it is probably a difficult ask. So my guess is sports betting is probably not going to happen this football season. My guess is next year, if I had, okay. if I had to guess. Does there have to be legislative approval? There already to, was. There well, there was is. for sports betting. Yeah, Correct. there is a quirk in there um, that says you can't bet on a Husker home game. And I think that the theory was it was somehow the, the athletes could be manipulated. But I just read that I think one of the athletes makes more than the coaches now. You know, So <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think the it. athletes are doing well. And so we're going to try to ask the state legislature, the Unicamel, to see if they can allow Nebraska to bet okay. on Nebraska games. Okay. If the point is to keep the money in Nebraska, I really don't want people going to Iowa to bet on Nebraska. But we could have sports betting if the rules and regs are passed. Okay. Um, the Gaming Commission actually issued a first draft of the sports betting rules and regs. So we're on the path. It just... You know, I, I just think that's huge. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a big I, deal. You know, when the Supreme Court ruled on that, it's been two, three years ago now? Yeah, no. three years ago, I think. Um, you know, that, that talk about a revolution in, in gaming. Yes. I mean, first of all, everybody's doing it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and now I'm a, I'm a big baseball fan, and I, I, I watch baseball almost daily. And uh, all of the commercials yes. for sports betting, it's like, I'm like, well, how can I do that? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I can't do that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, I think uh, we will be able to do it in some way starting next year. And then maybe it'll be a little more convenient or faster over time or something. But I think that Nebraska has to figure out how they want to approach it. And they want to do it right, just like they did with the gaming regulations. And so I don't think you should be expected to be betting on a Husker game this year. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, this is great for Lincoln. It's great for Omaha. Uh, Voters statewide, overwhelmingly, by nearly 70%, said, we want to participate in gaming in Nebraska. What's this mean for the rest of the state? I think one of the, that's one of the challenges we face, because there's six, there's already six horse tracks, and this is limited to horse tracks. But and the farthest west is Grand Island. That's yeah, it. Grand Island existing. and Hastings. Yeah. And, and so they're, they're, we proposed one in Norfolk, and other people proposed one in, in North Platte, and uh, Ogallala, Ogallala and Gehring. And yeah. Gehring. Yeah, I think there's a couple. There was one in Bellevue. We're not for that one. I mean, there's already one in Omaha. Yeah, so, you don't need yeah. a Bellevue. No, so, so, that so, doesn't make sense. So, but sorry to interrupt, but just to clarify, Lance. So, it, it, under under the statute and and the constitutional amendment, if you have a uh, horse racing track, you can have gaming. Well, in the minute, yes, in the minute this passed. Everybody wanted to build a horse track. And so Nebraska, the unicamera was pretty smart, and I think the governor supported it and put in place a three-year sort of study that has to be done. And you have to build them and see how it goes because there's two problems. You don't want to oversaturate the market for gaming. Yep. And you, you don't, and the horse racing industry has been uh, on, its, uh, on, on sort of life support. Right. And you've got to have horses to run. Yeah, and be, so we're in no position to build all of these 
extra tracks. I think that there's politically, I think there's a little bit of heartburn with some of the Western Nebraska uh, cities. Because they feel left out. Yes. You know? And so we, we, we support trying to figure out a way to do one in Western Nebraska. We think it yeah. certainly can support well, it. Well, think about, uh, you know, people from Colorado. I graduated from high school in Ogallala, so I... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I had a front row seat of all of the Colorado people coming to Lake McConaughey every summer. Gotcha. And, you know, so there's... That track is pretty well so, known. So I think there's... There, I mean, those three cities that we've talked about, West, all of them are probably viable, but, but I mean, one of them will be viable, but probably not all of them. And so I think that we generally support you know, sort of modest expansion. I think that uh, we're not, a lot of people aren't in favor of a casino on every corner here in Eastern Nebraska. Yeah. And so figuring out how to thread that needle is I think what the legislature is gonna be a, a challenge, but I don't think anything's gonna happen out West until they figure that out. Otherwise, they're gonna have to wait for the study for three years. Yeah. Or they'll just come back down here and come to Lincoln and Omaha. Right, right. <laughs> but in the meantime- But there's yeah, no there's benefit for their community. There's so. economic opportunity in those communities in yeah. Western Nebraska. I mean, well, my main concern as a representative of the horsemen is to do a live race day by law, you have to run what's called a breed race, meaning a Nebraska bred horse race. Okay. And last year there were, I believe, 38 registered breeds in Nebraska, not very many. And, you know, if you can have a 10 horse field, that's hardly any horses. Now, this year, for example, there were almost 200 foals already. So we're gonna catch up, but um, normally horses don't run until they're three years old. So is that industry of raising horse race? It's being completely revitalized, completely. Yeah, and, and a lot of this money is that the horsemen are gonna take their rent and put it into running races. Yes. And if you're a clever Western Nebraska or rural Nebraska businessman, you should probably get a few horses. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean. But I do have a concern about being able to catch up with the horse population that's necessary and opening a new racetrack. I do have a little concern about that. It, it, it sounds fascinating. I, um, the, the, the Unicameras put a natural pause in there with the study to allow things to catch up. Yeah. And so I think that Nebraska's handling it in a very logical way. You know, when we put pitched this whole idea, it was that there were six tracks. And we said, keep up the tracks so it would be a limited expansion. There's probably room for a little bit more. And I think that having the study allows you to do it in a way that's safe for the horses and allows the industry to emerge. But Iowa, for example, has 20 some casinos. We didn't, we don't need that many yeah. in the state. Yeah. So. Um, as we begin to wrap up a little bit, just remind our listeners and viewers of the economic impact in Lincoln, Nebraska of this project. Now, I, we did a study on it. I don't remember the numbers, so I don't want to be overdo it, but you know, the revenue is going to be substantial. It's going to be well over $100 million. And in order to do that kind of revenue, you've got to have a lot of, you've got to buy a lot of stuff. You've got to hire a lot of people. And you're you got going to spend pay, a lot of money to make some money. And you're going to pay yeah. a lot of taxes. Just this construction alone is going to be a $300 million boost. It, it might be the biggest single project in the history of Lincoln. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and so that alone is going to be a big deal for everybody. $300 and, million. And then we're going to have 900 ongoing jobs after that plus the, the additional tax money is going to lead to lots of things. So I think the Lincoln impact is going to be substantial. For Omaha, it might even be bigger, even though the facility is not as big, right. because so much of that money is leaking across into Council Bluffs right, right yeah. now. And not that's just us. 
Um, Mark Whitehead is building a new U-stop across the street from us. Yep. We've talked to every developer in the area that's got land. They're all planning to build. There's going to be an explosion of activity out there. Well, keep in mind that Ho-Chunk Inc. is not primarily a gaming company. We're a development company. And so the money that we make, we have an internal document where, where we're talking about political we're doing some political contributions, we're doing community donations, and we're gonna do community investments. So we do that anyway. And so we're gonna we're gonna invest in the communities we have and we're setting up a foundation that's gonna be dedicated to that too. So we're gonna come after it and do it right. I, I would urge our viewers and listeners to to learn more about Ho Chunk Inc. Go back and, and watch uh, episode twenty seven and uh, it's pretty fascinating. I mean the work that you do uh, it truly is a benevolent, uh, life-changing work that you're doing uh, well, for the people that you serve. Well, our reason for existence is to take gaming money and reinvest it back in the community. That is, that, but it was the tribal casino in 1990s, but that really hasn't changed. And so we're going to do the same thing in the cities where we're located. And we're going to be not just, we're not going to just do donations into the community. We're going to invest in the community top of it. Yeah. So that's who we are. Yeah. And we're a little bit of socialism goes a long way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do it. You do it. Uh, your economic development uh, genes are both of you uh, are just, uh, you know, I, I think I think people will look back on this period in Nebraska and see that, uh, you know, you you were both fairly well known. Lance, you have an incredible resume. You were even named one of the 25 most fascinating people in America. <laughs> we were joking about that earlier. <laughs> but truly, uh, this, is, this is a time I think we'll look back on in Nebraska to see this growth of an industry that maybe people weren't excited about 10 years ago. Right. But now we're seeing uh, this legendary uh, industry of horse racing revitalized. Yeah. And uh, the economic development opportunity is, is pretty amazing. Well, and something that a lot of people don't know is that um, I've been lucky enough to work with a lot of Ho-Chunk employees now for three years. And um, Lori Thomas is our COO. Yeah. She's been involved as well. And the quality of employee they have is just incredible. Angel DeRoshi is their CFO. She's in charge right now of getting a $570 million loan. She's the most down-to-earth person you've ever met in your life. Drew Niehaus that I mentioned before, their personnel are just absolutely incredible. Just such high quality people. I've been really lucky to be able to work with them. Yeah. It's a tribute to Nebraska. You know, we're, you know, there's nobody, there's nobody who, who everyone's from here, you know, and everyone's homegrown. Yeah. And we've built an international company in a rural town that most people thought was going to be left for dead. Yeah. You know, if you ever get a chance, visit us. I would like that. I would like that very much. Well, uh, let's wrap up. I, I can't thank you both enough for being here. I know your schedules are nuts. You've had some health issues. You, this is always fun. We always make. Oh time. my always. goodness, this is this is so great. Uh, well, let me thank uh, the crew at Becom Solutions: producer Courtney, uh, director Rachel. Uh, and their team who do all of the production, editing, and distribution of uh, Pints and Politics. Uh, Kim Remington is our operations manager at Parsons Public Relations. Uh, Pints and Politics theme music, written and performed by Jack Rodenberg. Uh, thanks for, uh, to Fuse Coworking for this space, uh, which is home to Parsons Public Relations. You can learn more about 
Parsons Public Relations at danparsonspr.com. Thanks to our sponsors, uh, Nebraska Horseman, Warhorse Gaming, and especially I want to thank Lynn McNally, Lance Morgan. Uh, We'll meet again uh, out at the casino. Yes, thank you so much, Dan. Thank you.